This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon Worth here, Joe Nagy across from me. And Joe, I know that you're a little tired this morning, but hey, we're we're in the studio and we're the getting show, the job done. The show must go on. Let me tell you, it's it's an hour earlier than we usually record. And I've had, I think both of the times this week, I've had to tell Brandon, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Because <laughs> I've had, you know, it's just, it's a struggle to get out of bed, especially in the morning. Got the fan going. I'm just warm. You know, but anyways, we're here. Let's get after it. I'm I'm excited to get the show going. Yeah, going to be a great show. Got a special guest coming up, a Ferris State thrower with, what I might add, one of the greatest names of all time that I've ever come across. That's facts. And we have some great talk about the NFL draft coming up. The Masters starts today. Hey, oh, all golf fans, we'll talk about that a little bit. And then maybe at the end, a surprise segment. You'll have to wait and see. But without further ado, let's swing it on over to the interview. Now joined on the podcast, we have Forrest Akers, thrower for Ferris State University. Forrest, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're so glad to have you on. And if there's other athletes, too, to our fans, let us know who we should have. But Forrest, I know we've definitely had um, experiences together being on the same team. Watching you throw last weekend was awesome. How, how great did it feel to be able to be throwing outdoors again? You know, honestly, competition is really weird because it is a big mental state because throwing you only get three chances so you know get getting that feel again of being mentally prepared for those three throws was kind of tough but once once we got back out there it honestly felt really good you know that first throw getting it off just felt really good yeah is there kind of a difference kind of in the atmosphere too kind of what just like the whole track me with everybody around outside because i know with inside it's kind of different with kind of the sounds and all that but with outside you kind of got the fresh air you got the breeze going and stuff like that is there really any difference kind of with the atmosphere that you see yeah outdoor i feel like is kind of different just because um just even if you eliminate covid uh there are generally a lot more teams outdoors so you do kind of get that heightened sense with the fact that you have so many competitors and it just kind of adds and builds up so it does feel different yeah yeah i could i could do if i understand i mean for me first time 400 days running in an oval fast was definitely a a different experience for sure but um i mean one thing that i noticed um for going into this year i mean obviously like you and trevor have been throwing together for so long now especially over the three years for ferris and now um kind of coming in as your freshman year it was kind of you and Trevor now um now as you've moved up you got guys underneath you like Kyle and now Nate who's now newly a member of the team what have you been like experienced with those guys and be able to mentor them you know really Kyle and Nate really walked in and I don't feel like they need a lot of mentoring um maybe maturity wise just kind of like getting used to like meet atmosphere Mm -hmm. and just kind of like being prepared but really like Nate really clicked in the hammer I don't think he really needed much mentoring much learning he really picked it up fast it was honestly really cool and he's doing a really good job I think the Kentucky me I think he got nervous and Mm -hmm. there were just there were just some things that I think you know now he's gotten out of the way he's gonna be ready um Kyle Kyle Kyle's need a little time to just kind of like snowball but really he is honestly somebody that's looking like he could become something special and I think you know um shot put looks promising for him just needs to you know polish the technique a little bit Mm -hmm. um he's picked up discus and that looks like something he could really grasp um hammer hammer looks okay you know uh he 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 um he's he's at where he needs to be like Mm -hmm. you know he's not like next level but he's right where he needs to be and i think those two look really good um, we did have another kid join, Jake from uh, St. Clair. Oh, he okay. was originally at Olivet, um, but he transferred here, and he looks really good in shot put. Um, he he didn't have a very strong found or he had a strong foundation. He just didn't have a lot of uh, coaching to do those necessarily 
necessary polishing uh, yeah. that he needed. But mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of good guys. Yeah, very yeah. It's very technical stuff throwing, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, we've seen kind of on the Fair State Throws Instagram just kind of how close you've all been, both the men's and women's kind of team. What's the family kind of aspect like, especially because we've seen that it seems like you guys are really close. What's that kind of like for practice and, and game and, I guess, meet time when it really comes down to it? You know, like any family, we have fights. We have special moments. You know, it's yeah. it's a good – It's a, honestly, I think it's a really healthy atmosphere because we're not afraid to talk with each other. And, um, you know, we do have that bond. Track is kind of an individual sport. Nobody really affects your – you're throwing or you're running or you're jumping besides you. It's all a big mental aspect. It's all you. Yeah. But um, you do feel really tight because you're out there every day with those people. And um, you do try to help each other out, build upon each other's successes. And, you, um, like, I try to uh, implement some of the things that Trevor does because mm-hmm. he, he, he's a great teacher. And, um, you know, you watch him. And you, you see like what it what it's really supposed to be like. He he does a great job at mirroring a lot of the really high guys. So um, you know it it, it is a it is really a family atmosphere because you really do try to mirror older brother. You know um, Kennedy is a good. Uh, role model for javelin throwers because she's been doing it for so long mm-hmm. and she yeah, has a good idea of it so um you know we we like to hang out sometimes with COVID it's kind of been a little iffy but we do get together every once in a while um we go out to eat and so I mean we try we try to make it as normal as possible and it is a good atmosphere it is I would say it is a family that's awesome for sure man and I know we got some trips coming up to Grand Valley and Hillsdale coming up especially coming up to conference at the end of the year what are you looking forward to to progressing and succeeding the most at the end of the year um I think as a team to really progress uh I think there's a lot of young kids that have um, stepped up, like Brendan uh, Worth and Brendan Kearney. Those two have looked really impressive in their uh, kind of opening days. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta call you out. You did good in I the. You did it. good in steeple. It. I believe that. Um, there, there have been other kids too. Uh, Claudia Wilkerson on the girls' side. She's done mm-hmm. really good. Um, I think really in track. It is, it is so mental. I know I keep saying that uh, mentality, mentality, but really like just being prepared. It's like, you know, you, you just can't you can't do enough mental preparation because, you know, you only get so many chances. It's like in football, you know, there is one more play. There is, you know, one more catch, one more run. But um, in track, it's just like you get your three throws and you're your jumps, your one race and then that's it. So, mm-hmm. um it it is a huge mental preparation. So I think, I I think just sharpening that up for game day is yeah. really really the big thing. Yeah, and I mean, you guys went down to Western Kentucky last uh, last weekend, going to Hillsdale, and like Brandon said, got Grand Valley coming up too. What do you kind of do to get into a mindset with those long bus rides that you know are going to be two three hours, and then to Kentucky, which is about like a ten hour drive? What's kind of your mindset going into it? What do you kind of do to pass the time, kind of keep your mind fresh and keep that mentality going? Um. I think you just try to stay loose in the bus ride because, I mean, sometimes, you know, you don't run or you don't throw for, like, another three hours after you arrive, really. Yeah. We, we show up early to weigh in implements, um, check where the check-in areas are for mm-hmm. runners. So it's kind of like the, the showing up early for track is kind of getting prepared for when you need to be where you need to be yeah so you try to stay loose on the bus kind of joke around with friends you know listen to music if it's long like the kentucky ride you know you may watch a movie or something but really it is kind of just um you try to stay focused maybe you like talk with a teammate about you know your uh, what what you need to do today to throw or run or something like that but really it's kind of just stay loose stay prepared once you get there then that's when you get 
focused. Yeah, showtime. Yeah, you always got to keep it light on the bus ride because if you're if you're getting mentally into it on the on the bus ride for a couple hours and then you got to go do it again when you get there, it's a really tough thing to do. I mean, it's really hard. But uh, last question for you, Forrest. Um, we always ask every athlete we interview on this show, what is your favorite thing about being a Ferris State Bulldog? The the atmosphere. I mean, everybody is so inviting. Everybody is so supportive. Um, I know that uh, we can't all be at each other's events, but I know that, you know, everybody's always like home home track me or somewhere close or home softball, football, whatever game, you know. So it, it, it is really inviting. Um, I don't obviously know what other programs are like, but I honestly think that we are the most supportive athletic group. You know, we mm-hmm. really look out for each other. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us, Forrest. Um, We appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, guys. Once again, huge thanks to Forrest for coming on the show. Really appreciate all the athletes that take time out of their busy schedule to come on the show. We really appreciate it. But to hop right into the Fair State Sports Report, Brandon, I know track has meet this week and continually which is good but Brandon why don't you tell us a little bit about it yeah we're going to Hillsdale the home of the Chargers on Saturday for a one day meet it should be pretty interesting as the the meet schedules have been moved up apparently it's going to basically be a monsoon Saturday night Um, not necessarily (laughs) that much but going to have some rain so they're moving everything up but it's still going to be great we're going to have throwers throwing sprinters sprinting and runners running and jumpers jumping you gotta (laughs) love it I mean just being outside and being able to, to compete again such a blessing especially in the time yeah. we're in um golf is going to be in action on friday they're traveling down to Pataska, ohio for the bill blazer memorial um coming off of a, a pretty pretty good showing over um earlier this week i know that they um just got done with their tournaments in ohio they just came back i think last night um a lot of a lot of great results the men's side with the cav classic pretty good our team got third overall um really really played some very very good golf thomas hersey um he was number one overall number one overall easy dub in the chat please heck yeah let's go W's thomas. All that's all we do but this is a w let's eat one as Jameis winston would say okay Jameis, really <laughs> we had to bring that into a golf segment <laughs> I mean, it's still a funny, it's a no, funny it's, thing it's, that happens. It's hilarious, but um, great, great results overall. Nathan Cranick and Josh Jeffords as well. Um, tied for ninth overall. Adam Magistry and Zach Gilder rounding out the Bulldog squad, placing a great third overall finish. Well done for our men's Bulldog golf team. And yeah, the so women's as well. Yeah. Also really, really good showing. Um, they were at the, uh, the NC... And, uh, NC4K Classic in Blacklick, Ohio. It's a, that's a mouthful right there as far <laughs> as abbreviations go. But, um, yeah, I mean, they improved their stroke, their, their score in the second round. Yeah, that's same, all you can Same ask song, for, really. second verse. They're, they're doing the exact things we've seen all year long. So that's always great to see improvement. Um, Elena Eldred, um, she finished 12th overall with a 154 um, combined round score. Um, Mackenzie Dale, 22nd. Uh, Daniel Stetskowski um, was 3rd. Um, Elena Del Rose was um, fourth on the team, and then Abby Greville was fifth, and she finished 69th overall. But really, really good showings. I mean, they they improved their score. They finished overall sixth after going into the turn or going into the the second round. I believe ninth it was. Went up three spots. And, yeah. I mean, improved by 18 strokes. I mean, that's 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 a pretty it. solid player. Yeah. Right there. If you think about it, that's pretty much right around three and a half strokes per player. So yeah three strokes around i'll take that i'll take that improvement all day every day so yeah facts really good but um they will be going down to canton ohio i believe to take or take part of the walsh invitational april 11th through 12th um with that that split squad schedule as far as men's and women's going to different places but good quality competition nonetheless and that's Mm -hmm. really something good to see but um some other bulldog sports in action um we didn't talk about tennis a lot and we've kind of missed on that part um, and there is a reason why, because apparently there is some protocol testing going on. There might Uh-oh. have been some positives. So right now they're paused for a little bit. Don't panic. Still season left. We still have time. So they are looking to get back as soon as possible. We wish them all good health and the best moving forward as well. Uh, women's soccer are going to be at Northern this weekend. Um, they're going to be taking on 
the Wildcats on Friday at three o'clock. Um, looking looking for the best. This team's rolling. They're they're really hot right now. They're yeah, playing they some great soccer. Um, talked to Grace Verhage a little bit um, over the last couple of days. She's really excited. She really likes where this team's at. Um, and then women's volleyball. They're going to be starting the GLIAC tournament tomorrow, um, Friday at four o'clock. They're going to be taking on Northwood in the GLIAC conference quarterfinals. So we wish our lady volleyball players nothing but the best but also i forgot to mention about soccer number 16th in the national rankings this week yeah i saw that they i saw that on their instagram they are cooking as of late absolutely cooking absolutely hot right now i mean i don't know what else to say like they're they're playing so well i mean let up one goal in the past five games yeah and probably gonna be the, the same amount of things upcoming yeah, I've, I mean they have Grand Valley at the end of the year, so that's gonna be like the yeah, toughest that's gonna game, be that's probably gonna be the toughest. Northern's not as tough of a team compared to like Grand Valley or um, Ashland or anything, any of yeah. those teams, but definitely gonna be some quality competition nonetheless. And I yeah. mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I mean, they got about four four games left, um, including Michigan Tech and Northwood, with the other two we mentioned to finish out the season. So. And then we're in the quarter, we're in the quarterfinals, the GLIAC yeah. on April twenty seventh. It's gonna be a sprint for a lot of these uh, for a lot of these teams, um, not just soccer, but just like all the teams in Ferris Athletics, because like we have, what is it, less than twenty two days until se- semester's over, something like that, yeah, something like some insane, like through less like less. That's than gonna f- be a lot of games and not a lot of time. Yeah, we basically a lot have of what? And not a lot of time. We've basically got. Next week, a week, the following earlier. week, and then it's exam week. Two weeks of classes left after this week. That's insane. Yeah, that's going to be a very that's very, quick. St- very stressful time for you athletes. If you guys see athletes around or like if any of your friends are athletes, just ask them how they're doing because it's going to be a very stressful week for them upcoming. Yeah. Very, a couple of weeks for them upcoming. Yeah, I mean, especially with I think the whole all of campus is going to be a little bit anxious coming up. Then I mean, obviously yeah, with exams finals, coming up, so. finals come around. It's a, yeah, it's a finals is just a different, just a different breed of time, you know. Yeah, it's just it's just that time where everybody accepts it. Everybody knows it's coming, and everybody knows what's going on. Yeah, it's see like, inevitable. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's <laughs> it is, inevitable. It is inevitable. Don't you dare snap your fingers. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. I kind of have to at that point. Well, I mean, you did say it, so I guess yeah. whatever. But I don't know. Nathaniel reference at eight fifty in the morning. 856 actually but okay nine in the morning man yeah. whatever anyway a little bit. when we come back we have some more to chat about the nfl and that masters coming up this week we're back from our quick break I think this time, Brand, we can hop into some NFL free agency moves. NFL's a long way off from the season starting, but nonetheless, that doesn't mean the NFL's not exciting to talk about either way. I uh, got the draft coming up. NFL free agency's basically still in the thick of it. Got a lot of guys moving around. Brandon, I think we just start off with Sam Darnold. There's a lot of uh, questionable... I guess fans are questioning this move and why Sam Darnold is wanted so bad by the... I think he got traded to, what, the Dolphins or something like that? He got traded to the Panthers. Panthers, that's what it was. But people are questioning why they would even do that because Sam Darnold, for a lot of people, they don't think he's that good. You know my stance on him. But what do you think of this trade, Brandon? Yeah, the garbage the garbage can analogy garbage where can. some people think he is the garbage and some people think he's the garbage can that held the garbage in New York. So um, this is an interesting move. I mean, obviously, Sam Darnold in a new place. There's got to be some optimism because, I mean, he's been stuck in New York for the last couple years and he's really been dealt a terrible deck of cards every single year. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're working with your best year, I mean, the only the only year he really had some sizable threats was when he had Roddy, Robbie Anderson and Le'Veon Bell, which really that didn't even work out that well. So, yeah. But, I mean, the Panthers um, made the trade to get Sam Darnold. They gave up a little bit of a haul. They gave up a sixth rounder this year, a second rounder next year, as well as a fourth rounder the year after that. So Not I, too bad. Not terrible. Like, it's not like a big, like costly trade but it's no like, it's not it's not a bad it's not yeah. a bad one at least, um, they, at least the jets like knew sam Darnold's worth because he was definitely not worth the first round i don't know if they asked for one but yeah like, i i'll give the jets credit because i'm sure it was not easy to sell sam Darnold for three draft picks <laughs> because yeah, i mean I think frankly they really had to beg for that last one yeah i mean he hasn't been great he's had the pretty much the lowest qbr or in the bottom three QBR in the last four seasons or it's just been it's just been rough to really put a value on Sam Darnold because we don't we we know how he's 
He's not a great quarterback, but he's still not like the the thing that is about the Panthers is I mean where they're at here at eight. My assumption is there's only one team that you can trade with. So the first pick's locked up. Jacksonville's taking to Trevor Lawrence. If yeah. not, this is this is pandemonium and the rapture's coming. I'm just kidding. Um, number two is going to be locked up now that Sam Darnold is tra- er, was traded. The only thing that would have made this a little bit more interesting is if Carolina were to trade. Like, I, if they would have been crazy to me, what it, I was just expecting, like, out of nowhere when I heard it was to the Panthers, I'm like, oh my gosh, they just swapped Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and made both teams just as bad as it started. <laughs> yeah. And that would have been terrible. But number two pick is basically now with this trade Kyle Wilson, but we're going back to before that. They probably didn't think they could get the haul up for number two, obviously, because they would have probably made it a big deal for it. Number three is now at San Fran. That pick's already been dealt three, four times. It's pretty obvious that San Fran wants to be at three if they gave up the haul they did. Mm-hmm. And then now the only team that you're going to really have a chance to trade up to get a, a quarterback at this spot really is going to be Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And the Falcons are not going to trade within their own division. They're not going to hurt themselves by giving a quality quarterback to a team within their own division. That's that's dumb. Yeah, There's no reason they should do that. You don't see that at all. Right. The Bengals, they're not going to move. They're very conservative, and they always stay where they are. Yeah. The Eagles, yeah, but, I mean, they just made a trade back. They went down to 12. They went back up to 6. I think they're done moving now. I think they found their spot, especially yeah. the fact they came back up to 6. So, really, the only team that they – and now with – especially the funny thing is, is we'll talk a little bit more about Detroit in a minute, but they might think Detroit's going quarterback because now when you put it on that board – if Atlanta's taking a quarterback, all the QBs are now gone in that in that scenario because the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks. That's almost guaranteed. Yeah. And then now you got the question mark of the Falcons and the Lions taking one of those quarterbacks. So they must they must feel that they don't either they a they don't like the guys that are in this draft enough, or they just feel like they're going to be all gone by the end of it, which is crazy. Yeah, I. It's just a weird way that this is all going to shake out because, like, obviously, when's the draft? It's, like, April 20-something? Yeah, it's coming up here at the end of April. Most of the movement of it, like, happens, like, a week before the draft and the day of the draft. So, it's, like, that's the one thing I really like about watching it is, like, you kind of, teams are, like, this is our plan, but we can't ever, like, go off the plan because it'll kind of just, like, switch up, like, basically like that off a snap or just off the, like, drop of a hat. So, I don't know. There's a lot of teams who, like, like the Bengals, you said, like they're super conservative. We know, we know what they're gonna do. Like they've never really took risks at all. But like, there's some teams that are like a little bit lower that might be able to take like that might want to take some risks, trade up some guys so that way they can get the people who they want. But that's one thing I'm looking forward to is just the unpredictability of what some teams who we know are unpredictable are gonna do, and the possibility of some of those teams who are usually set in stone of what they want to do. Are they gonna switch it up at all? Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be. How how these teams are playing out this draft is really interesting, especially the fact that we're getting towards we're getting towards the draft, and there's still people out on the market. For example, like Richard yeah. Sherman's still free agent; like he has not been signed to any team, and he has expressed interest. He's not returning to the 49ers. so he's still on the market. Yeah. There's word like word that he's not going to even like consider signing with anybody until after the draft. He wants to see these teams and what yeah. they're they're going to put as far as how they want to go forward like how, how what their blueprint is he wants to see what these teams blueprints are going to be so there's so a lot of moving pieces and especially teams like Detroit and Atlanta that really have frankly not saying like this is a it, it's hard to say it but we have a lot of needs okay yeah, we, we have do. a lot it's... of holes to fill and Atlanta does too so we can both teams can go quarterback. I mean, we have Jared Goff, and we we've expressed interest in Goff. But are you going to be considering having roll twenty twenty five roll around and still be rolling with Jared Goff? That's the question mark. And Matt Ryan has had a great career, but he hasn't been the latest. Yeah, these last like two years have been a little bit lackluster. No, he's been he's been kind of ever average. since that Super Bowl appearance. Like it's just been like meh. Yeah, the twenty eight three curse lives on basically in yeah. Matt Ryan's career. But basically, like. If with the Falcons getting Arthur Smith, really to me that was the sign of okay, we're giving Matt Ryan his last gas because, I mean, Arthur Smith was a guy that really was kind of underlooked as far as a candidate was concerned when he was yeah. brought to Tennessee, 
and or as the offensive coordinator of Tennessee. And then he turned Ryan Tannehill's like literally his career around because he was bouncing around. He was in Miami. He was kind of up and down, and that situation was kind of messed up. Then he yeah. ended up getting like getting he got benched and all all this sort of stuff. And then he moves to Tennessee, and everyone's like, "What? What is?" It? And then he's going with Marcus Mariota. And then he takes over, and then boom, the light switch comes on. And now we've seen the Titans as playoff contenders the last two years. So. It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, Matt Ryan's a guy that I'm going to be watching, especially on fantasy radars, because, I mean, with Arthur Smith, there's a lot of upside there. I mean, especially with how Arthur Smith changed Tannehill's career, if he can do the same. But it's going to be really interesting to see where those two pieces fall. Um, I think, really, the the Bengals, they're going to be sold on a, a tackle. I, I, I don't see them going outside of tackle, but if they wanted to, I mean... Jamar Chase and a Joe Burrow reunion, that's been something that's been kind of talked about in the media. It makes sense, yeah. but I it's just, to me, it's hard to get past, like, you almost could, you literally could have ended Joe Burrow's career last year because you did not have an equitable tackle. Mm-hmm. I, 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 equitable is kind of a hard word, but you know what I mean. Basically, not having the protection can cost a young a young player a career. Like, we've seen it before, so... I just no. can't see them going outside of that move at five. And the Eagles are just going to take a playmaker, whether it's yeah. Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, whoever, Jalen Waddle. They're going to take a playmaker. That's pretty obvious. So Yeah. What's the draft order looking like? So right I know now, like the first like five, but who's like after? So here's the draft order we got. And if you guys want to hear more about the, the draft this coming year and want to hear a mock draft, we have one in the feed. Go check it out. And rumor has it. Mock Draft 2.0 might be in the works for next week, so you heard it here first. You might want to tune in for that to hear our updated Mock Draft. So it's Jacksonville at 1, Jets 2, Niners at 3. Those will probably all be quarterbacks. Falcons 4, Bengals 5, Dolphins 6, Detroit Lions. Hey, we're at 7, like always. Carolina 8. Right where we want to be. Yep. Denver 9, Dallas 10, uh, Giants, Eagles, Chargers, Vikings, Patriots are at 15, uh, Cardinals, Raiders, and then the Dolphins have another pick at 18. Washington football team, Bears, Colts, Titans, Jets again at 24, or 23, sorry. That was, I believe, in the Jamal Adams trade with Seattle. So, of course, Seattle trades out a first-round pick, just like always. Mm-hmm. Ja- and then we got the Steelers. Then Jacksonville that got f- with the Rams trade um, that for Jalen Ramsey, I believe it was. And then Browns, Ravens, Saints, Packers, Bills, Chiefs, and the Super Bowl champ, Bucks. So, I mean, this is a pretty loaded um, draft as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Like, we're talking, there's rumors now going around that Falcons are shopping the fourth pick, so they might move back. So that now tells us there might be a team that will go up and try to get a fourth quarterback with the fourth pick. So we might see four QBs taken off the board, which is pretty pretty crazy. It like it's so. a quarter, like last year was a wide receiver heavy draft, and then this year is a quarterback heavy draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... Did you see that... Uh, oh, sorry. Did you see that... Um, Devonte Smith, did he actually do the pro day, or did he not? Or did he not do the pro day? So I thought I saw that Mac Jones was throwing to him a little bit, but yeah, I believe he, I believe he was. He's not gonna run the forty, and he's not gonna run like any like he's 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 doing a very interesting pro Only day. Only running like, routes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he. I mean, he's doing what he does best. He he was route running. So um, is I, he only weighs one hundred seventy pounds? Mm-hmm. That's the question mark about the because I mean he was the Heisman Trophy winner. Why are we talking about him the third receiver off the board? It's because everybody's worried about his size. But yeah, because um, college is a whole different like, or college and NFL at least for like corners is a whole different thing. Yeah, I mean you got you got so much more physicality. I feel like in the NFL yeah, where and I don't know if you'll be able to like actually shove off anybody. Like you're 170 pounds. Yeah, I think. I mean, the thing that I come up with is like. He's played in the SEC for how many years? So, I mean, he's got to be pretty durable if he's held up this long yeah, and he hasn't not, had any injuries because Jalen Waddle's kind of the opposite. Like, he's a really – he's a robust guy. He can run. He's a really quick receiver. Like, Lions could legitimately take him at seven, and I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have many, many issues with that. But his injuries are, are a concern too. So, there there's kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum here. One, one is – pretty durable but he's gotten injured and one's not looking to be very durable and he hasn't gotten injured so very interesting to see how those will shake out but i mean i mean i'm really interested here looking at these couple picks like i don't think there's going to be a lot more trading i'm going to anticipate the falcons are might trade out because i mean if you're the falcons you don't you're probably are they looking quarterback if you're looking quarterback that means you're dumping ryan in the next two years 
Maybe I don't next think year. they're looking for one yet. They might wait for next year. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the this like the I think the Lions are in in a position where they might not be thinking quarterback as much yeah. as the Falcons are, but because I think the like we golf could yeah. be. Amazing. I think the smart thing is to get a quarterback this year, just so he can like just so he can train under golf for uh, for or, the Lions, or I like mean, just so that like they they can learn under like a solid quarterback because like, Jerry Goff isn't a slouch. Like he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, but it's like. Do we get one this year? While, like, we have a quarterback, so, but do we get one this year so we can train, or do we get the things that we need and then wait for next year for a quarterback to come up? Yeah, it, that's going to be a really interesting. This is going to be a really interesting situation for Detroit because we have so many needs. We have, and we now have a quarterback. Because, I mean, if we didn't have a quarterback, then it'd be pretty obvious we're taking one. Yeah. But. There's so many different like there's this is the thing like I I'm okay with them going quarterback. I think it might make Jared Goff a little bit uneasy. Yeah, that's uneasy. Like, that's like the one thing is I don't know if that's going to be the best so, for Jared Goff. Yeah, exactly. Or like I'm, our relationship with him. Exactly cuz I mean we gave him a chance. Brad Holmes believes in him and and that that whole situation is going to be probably in jeopardy if they take a quarterback unless they yeah. already had that mutual agreement coming into Detroit. Yeah. So which I mean, in the end, if Jared Goff plays amazing, like, and we drafted quarterbacks, like, oh, okay. I mean, we got one as a we backup. got one as a backup. And it'll we be can, like a Jimmy. I mean, we probably won't win a Super Bowl, but it'll be like a Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Yeah, and I mean, if Goff gets hurt again, he has a broken thumb. We're we're good. We're good. But yeah, the thing about it is, like, right now, looking at possibly next year's draft class or for quarterbacks, they're not. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's, a, it's nothing it's, that jumps out at you. I think you have to wait for like next year, like to actually see. But yeah, I yeah, like looking at it on paper compared to what it was gonna be this year, it's a step down. Like no question, it's a step down. Yeah. These guys are not as good. I mean, we're talking, um, Caden Caden Slovis from USC. That could be kind of a Darnold J T Daniels type of 2.0 guy. It's kind of uh, Bo Nix, mm, inconsistent. Uh, Spencer Rattler, Joe, we will know you love your Spencer Rattler. Not, he's not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> Tanner Morgan, Brock Purdy. Like, none of those guys seem like NFL franchise-changing quarterbacks compared to talking about Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle, or Zach Wilson. Like, Kyle Trask, Kyle, like Mac Kyle Jones, Trask, all those maybe, guys. Yeah, like, I don't, like, there's no allure in that yeah. quarterback draft. So the now it's kind of like... isn't there. Yeah, so now it's like, if Detroit has... And there's like this is here's the place that I'm at. Look, I've heard a lot of things from a lot of different insiders and listened to a lot of different shows and all these things, getting information. It's like we had, I think it was Mel or Todd McShay had um who are the the draft gurus at ESPN, of course, quote yeah. unquote. They one of them had I think he had Justin Fields dropping to like a like eleven, and like the Patriots traded up to go get him. And I was like, if Detroit was in the scenario. Where likely, hypothetically, let's say Jacksonville Jets 49ers go chalk and go quarterback like expected. Falcons trade out with a team like possibly Denver is a team that I could see trading up. I don't know how much they would give with their capital. And John Elway's going to have to lose a little bit of his... his uh, he's going to have to lose a little bit of power out of that one. Because, yeah. I mean, he's just, it's just ways. But he's out of his position, though. That's good, though. Um, when Patriots, maybe... I don't know. I could see the Patriots being like, yeah, we're going to trade up, we're going to trade up, we're going to trade up, and then they don't. And then Mac Jones falls 15 and saves the day. And every, he looks, Bill yeah. Belichick looks like a genius once again. But then you got the you got the Bengals, the Dolphins. Like, they're not taking quarterback, are they? Like, Miami, the only, like, I can't see Miami taking a quarterback. Miami, I don't think so because they have Tua. They should load up t- for Tua, and yeah, then if they Tua should get, can't do it, then yeah, you go after They and go should get try to get stuff so that way Tua can like feel comfortable and make it so that way he has assets to throw to and like actual like actually have some production. And then Bengals won't take it because they have Joe Burrow. I mean, he's still injured. I think he'll be injured for like the first couple weeks of the season, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I mean, but like yeah. when he comes back, it's not like it's going to... He's still arguably one of the best quarterbacks from last, like, from last year's draft. So it's like... I don't think they'll both take quarterback because the situation doesn't really, the situation doesn't really ask for one. Because like Bengals, you're already conservative enough. You're not going to take the jump to like get a quarterback for that short fix. No. 
You're just going to use your, your backup. Like, you're already used to losing all the time. You might as well, like, you don't need to Ouch. get another one. I mean, it's facts, though. Like, no, like, it is. It's rough. I like, feel bad not, for Bengals fans. I mean, Bengals fans are, like, basically, like, Detroit fans from a couple years ago, so. Oh. Bengals and Lions have a very, I have a mutual relationship yeah. where we know exactly what we're going mutual through. Mutual respect. But, yeah, that's, like, the one thing is, like, I could maybe see... I can maybe see Bengals doing it, but like you said, it's like they're conservative. They're not gonna right. go. They're not gonna really go outside of the box too much. They're just yeah. gonna go like, oh, Bengals need this. It's almost guaranteed that they're gonna get that in the draft. To me, it's either Bengals. And it's an O line. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna go for O line. For Bengals, I think there's there's four options. I mean, I to me on the board, it's either you're take if the most obvious ones you take a tackle. You're either gonna take. Penny Sewell, or you could take Rashawn Slater, who is a very, very polished lineman that's very versatile that can play out yeah. inside, outside. So, I mean, he's a very smart player out of Northwestern too. Like we know, like watching him, yeah, he played like really solid. He played, yeah, and he he shut down Chase Young a little bit in that Ohio State game, which really gave him some draft stock. But they could go there, and then the other two options they could go for, they could either go for Jamar Chase, who was one of the, he's the best wide receiver in this draft, and one of Joe Burrow's former teammates. Uh-huh. Or they can take the stud of tight end of Kyle Pitts, who could be a legendary tight end in this league. So, yeah. I think the I think if the Bengals pass on Pitts, the Dolphins are going to feel obligated to take Pitts, even though they have Jacecki. But I mean, double down, and then you got all these weapons on the outside now with Will Fuller and those guys, Devontae Parker. So then you got Tua doesn't have an excuse now. It's like you got to get it together, or we're moving on. Like there's no there's no in between yeah. here. So and then I mean. It's going to be kind of like an ultimatum for him, basically. Yeah, so I'm anticipating that Atlanta's going to trade down. Will it happen? I don't know. The Falcons, to me, like they seem like they're they're in a, a mode where it's like whatever player they're going to take, because, I mean, offensively, they don't really need a lot. They they have yeah. Calvin Ridley. They have Julio Jones. They have Russell Gage and um, Olivier it's a defense. It's a defense. They their, were their, their defense, defense was ranked is, like thirty third or something like tra- that. Thirty third. They were they worse than every NFL. If team. they don't, well, that's the thing. Is like that's what lost some games. No, it's I like, know. That's why they lost against. Um, I can't think. I mean, they blew it against Detroit. Yeah, that's they what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna. I, for some reason, I couldn't think of Detroit, but like that's why they lost against Detroit. Is that defense just? Took they, the crap. They blew every. They blew it out against the offense every team. Kept it, kept, the offense was the reason they were in the game. Yeah, like that's it. They're just lucky that Detroit also had a garbage defense. Yeah, uh, their defense is so bad, and I think they want to go defense, but with the value of number four, they don't like it. And I, yeah. I, if I were the Falcons, like, but then you, that begs the question: like, could they trade that for a, a someone for a defense, like that for a defense, for defensive a player? defensive player on another team? Yeah, I mean, they could. And take, then use take a, it. Just take a certified player that you know what yeah. you're going to get. Like, I mean, take that's the, not take, bad. Like, kind of like switch places and then get a, get a defensive player for like that spot, which is honestly a pretty good bargain mm-hmm. for any team. Like, they could go to a very solidly defensive team. Like, I mean, I don't know, think just like the first one that comes to my mind is go for like someone on New England, but like obviously Bill Belichick won't let that happen. But like, no, go for someone that. Wouldn't make a difference, but could definitely change the culture a little bit. Oh, for sure. I think that there will be a lot of a lot of intrigue on what the Patriots will do because Patriots like they're in a weird. This is spot. where this is where the Patriots strive because like they really haven't had a had a pick this high in a yeah, long we, time. We haven't seen them have a pick um, this high in a while, and the, the way their team is, they're kind of like uh, they're not going to blow it up, even though they theoretically should. But it's really interesting because I mean they brought back Cam Newton. That surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me too. Was not expecting that because Cam Newton did not play as good as a lot of people thought he was going to. No, he was definitely a little bit under expectations. I mean, some of these, some of these, like some analysts and fans thought they could be a ten-win team with Cam Newton, and I mean, they only won seven games, I believe it was. So, yeah. but I mean, there's a lot of there's a whole lot of ways that this draft can change. I think like. The top three are pretty set in stone. It's going to be quarterback, pick and choose, whichever one you want, basically, at that point. Yeah. But after that, it gets really dicey because I think there's a lot of teams here that just... There's so much up high teams, and then there's so many down low teams. There's not really that are like There's no in between that we've usually it's, seen. It's, it's like two extremes, really. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't really know how to explain it. It's just two extremes that are going to... Like, that just make up the league. Right, and I think that'll be... Like, the funny thing is, like, Dallas at 10... That's going to be a hilarious pick because 
we've we've theoretically seen them have every single need on the board. Like I, I like this year, as far as their team like draft needs is concerned, they're going to be probably looking mostly all defense. They're going to be looking corners, DBs, edge, probably and uh, maybe defensive line. I don't think they need. I don't think they need any linebackers. I don't think that's an immediate need. Their best, their their least need is a quarterback. If they draft a yeah. quarterback. They're dumb, but there's plenty of needs that they have as far as the defensive side of the ball. But if Kyle Pitts falls, I would not be surprised if Jerry Jones takes Kyle Pitts. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because they've done that too. They'll do that two years in a row. Jerry Jones is just a what a character. What a man. What a character he is. Yeah, I mean this will be really interesting. I mean, I mean especially talking about our pick at number seven with the Lions. I mean we have a lot of needs, but. Uh, I there's two things we really don't need. Don't need a running back. I think no. we Swift Johnson and now we have Jamal Williams. We're fine. We have our we have our three headed monster set. Then we have Hawk. I mean, you could maybe mark, maybe take Pitts and double him up, but that would be kind of that that make that change. But Hawkinson the scheme. played solid though. That's no, the he thing. Like great. he was like one of the, our main like consistent guys. If you're gonna take a tight end. The rest of the draft is going to be receiver and corner. Like, the entire draft, it seems like it's going yeah. to be. Like, there's no way around it. That's just how it will be at that point. Because, I mean, linebacker, I hope, I personally, like, I hate the fact that we're probably going to take a receiver at number seven. But, I mean, that's probably it's pretty much inevitable. Yeah. I At this point, I'm not as sold as on Micah Parsons as I was. The more I've looked into him, I'll be honest, the more he reminds me of Gerard Davis. And we know how Gerard Davis left out a very hyper aggressive guy bone crushing bone crushing hitman but i mean sometimes he's a little bit too antsy sometimes he's a, a little bit too reliant on a his strength so yeah and i mean it's just a really it's tough for me to be like oh this is a change where it's like when you got guys in the second round like zaven collins or nick bolton that could be difference makers as far as linebacker we can get them in the second round so really it's kind of like maybe in the second round i should say i should knock on wood right now on the table yeah. but I think we're too high for corner. If we're gonna want, if we want a top round corner again, then we need to trade out of seven. We don't need to take Sertain at seven or take well, go back down. Maybe see if the Patriots want Mac Jones. Trade down and go get a guy like Sante Samuel, J.C. Horn, something like that. Tackle maybe. You could always use more linemen. Linebackers is definitely a need, but I don't know. It's just tough for me because I think where we are on the board. If we're not trading out of that pick. To me, it's it's wide receiver or it's quarterback. Unless Kyle Pitts is there, maybe you can make an art. Because I mean, Kyle Pitts is a pretty versatile guy. I mean, he ran a four four. He was quoted as a unicorn. Uh, I don't exactly know why he was called the unicorn by his head coach Dan Mullen, but he was called the unicorn. <laughs> He's a unicorn. I think he was That's kind of BYU's uh, quarterback, right? Kyle Pitts. No. Or is, who that's, is it? <laughs> that's uh, that's Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of I, BYU. I, know, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> it's okay. All I remember is just the any time, any team, any place. And yep. then they go on and lose the next game. Against Coastal? Yeah. Yeah, tough. Brutal. I, I If he fell that far and we didn't take him, I might be a little upset. I think Zach Wilson's a phenomenal player. Um, I think he might be a little bit overhyped coming into this draft a little bit because of, well, I mean, where he came from and that sort of stuff. But anyway, I mean, the kid can play. No question yeah, about it. Yeah, nonetheless. If he's he's going to be a little bit more of a, a playmaking player player he's got some he's got some arm strength if you want the more polished pro style looking quarterback you're going to take fields but i mean it's funny that fields is like dropping so much because i think i feel like it has to do with the fact that ohio state quarterbacks have not succeeded yeah, the reputation, in the nfl the reputation because like i know that we talked about that a little bit when we did our first mock draft and then also just kind of like off air and stuff is like for one i don't think justin fields like did enough to like really make a name, like he was a solid quarterback, but he had both chance. He had two chances to really do something in the playoffs. Lost in the national championship last year. Year before, they just he basically he had the interception that uh, lost in the game against Clemson. So like that's the th- that's the thing that like he really blew a chance there because he could have really stepped up, won a national championship for Ohio State, which they haven't really done in a while. And like that's like the one thing that. Ohio State is kind of known for is choking the playoffs because their quarterback, you know, like they play solid, but they just can't get 
they can't go the extra mile to get the job done. And then also add on to the fact that Dwayne Haskins and Cardell Jones, they like didn't really haven't really done much in the NFL. And then, you know, like that's the thing is like what's wrong with Ohio State quarterbacks? Like what's like the coaching doing? What are we gonna have to change? What are we gonna have to fix? What are we gonna have to reverse so that way they can actually do something? And I think I think Justin Fields is a little bit better than the than the two of them. But it's just that reputation, like you said, is kind of hindering his success or hindering his possibilities to get chances in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would say I would say this one hundred percent. I was not sold on Haskins at all. No, neither was draft. I. He was not solid. No, I was. Cardale, I, Cardale was a, Cardale was a surprise. I thought he was going to do at least a little bit better. Yeah, but. I think Cardale. I, I, the lack of experience, I think, caught up with Cardale, especially in the situation where he had to come in and save the day, and then he done her the draft. And I was like, wait a minute, he's only played how many games? Like, what in the world? Yeah, he but, kind of rushed it so a little bit. So you think he rushed it, rushed it a little bit? But I mean, he's having a good career in the XFL or CFL or whatever, whatever he's in now. The XFL is um, coming back up. So yeah. I mean, he was a part of the uh, the yeah Defenders. the XFL, so um, he was part of the DC Defenders. Yeah, they was a reason they started off really hot too. He was playing pretty good, and then he kind of yeah. fell off the wagon. But my roughnecks, my roughnecks were undefeated. The roughnecks, my Battlehawks, bro. What a name is that? Anyway, I think with the situation of how these quarterbacks pan out, it's gonna hurt Fields' value, which sucks because he's the be- if he's the best of the four last Ohio State quarterbacks that came out of the draft. Yeah, there's no question he's the best one. He's the most polished, has the best arm, most durable. He can run. I think there's there's a lot of upside. I think teams will probably consider to the Mac Jones thing at number three is really interesting because I think Kyle Shanahan likes the way that Mac Jones he's a pocket passer. He's the Kirk Cousins type of guy, and yeah. that's just fits Kyle Shanahan's mold that he wants there. But can you pass up the like Kyle Shanahan's a pretty creative play caller. He's a very he's a very knowledgeable guy. He knows how to he knows how to take a team and put weapons in good spots. I mean, how many good weapons did they have that were really not very like Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, those guys were like not big names, and then you can name all the running backs. Yeah, how much they've impacted the the team, and really they're not they're not superstar hundred million dollar contract guys. They're just guys that he knows how to put them in the right spot. So it's like if you put Fields in there with some of these explosive guys, you can get RPOs going, and you're like, whoa, this team's pretty pretty insane like pretty solid. that potential to me is like crazy but because I, I mean it's kind of like mac jones you know what you're gonna get very polished pro style pocket passer pretty straightforward where it's like fields you can do a lot more with and a lot different styles and i mean he's used to the rpo stuff at Ohio state i mean he yeah. had master teague and trey sermon i mean why wouldn't you run an rpo but i think there's a lot of interest here i mean lions fans are considering of taking him and i'm like okay i mean if he Here's the thing. I don't know. That's the best thing for Detroit, though. That's I don't thing. know. If they take him, I'm going to be like, okay, I'll get on the wagon a little bit. I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. But if then he turns out like other Ohio State quarterbacks, I'm going to come on air in th- seven months and say, hey, this is what I said would happen, and look yeah. what happened. So Also, I don't think he fits. I just don't think Jared Goff would be the best teacher for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they, their skill set is a little bit different. Their play style is way different. So... To basically rely on Jared Goff to teach him would be like kind of rewriting Justin Fields' whole like internal I I wouldn't say internal clock but like just like his internal like instincts really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it'll be really interesting, and I think we have a lot of other needs too in this draft. I mean, yeah. receive we can always use receivers. Um, if we don't end up picking a receiver in the first round we trade out or whatever there's plenty of other good receivers in later rounds i mean you got Kay johnson from um south dakota state is one of the examples i mean there's a um whatever what uh, i can't remember his first name brown from north carolina he's flying up the draft boards so he could be a late first round maybe early second round guy yeah so i mean he could be a possibility he's a really good player uh, I mean, there's. I mean, defensively, you could name fifteen hundred guys, and it's like, yeah, we need, we need a, we need a new linebacker, we need a new safety, we need another yeah. corner. The draft, the draft isn't going to fix what we need, but yeah. like, it's definitely going to. We are filling some spots though, like Quentin Dunbar. I mean, set aside the whole scandal thing, like he's still a really good player, and I mean, he's a great, he's a great option to put as far as probably put more in the slot compared to um like um Jeff Okuda or Rurier or Cornell or whatever, whatever whoever yeah. you put on the outside or whatever. But I mean, I think that is a very versatile, so uh, very versatile pickup. I mean, obviously we got to take a, just kind of forget the allegations for now. If they're going to surface later, they're going to surface later. But he's still he's a football player as of now. So yeah. uh, I'm not saying we should overlook or anything like that. But I mean, that was the past. 
this is a new th- we're gonna t- I'm gonna take this positively and say this is a new step for him and this is a good situation it's a team that needs some corners has a really good coach that can help develop corners that we've seen in Aaron Glenn and we can revamp our defense and what a great what a great addition as a football player to the team so yeah. I think we can always t- I think we can take another safety as well I mean I like Tracy Walker and Will Harris but um, are they going to be I I see them as um, they're great players but are they going to be here in three, four years when the oh, team really takes off? Long haul, that's exactly, the thing. exactly. So that's really to me. Um, I mean, I think we filled. Uh, I think um, Vatai at guard might be an interesting idea. That's where he's put out in the dra- uh, the depth chart. Has he's been kind of rumored to? Was well, he going to play tackle? Is he going to play guard? He's rumored at guard. I mean, especially now that we have Tyrell Crosby, but. I think this will be really interesting. I think this team's going to be very interesting. I like a lot of the options that we have. I just hope we don't screw it up and take a Kyle or don't not say Kyle Pitts. If we go into like the second round and dra- draft like Pat Fryermuth, I'll be very upset because yeah. we don't need a Pat Fryermuth, especially that we have Josh Hill as our backup tight end now behind TJ Hawkinson in the first place. So yeah, that will make me upset. I like the situation we're in. But knowing Detroit is just we have to play our cards right, and if we don't, then we're just going to be in a world of hurt because we're just going to add insult to injury of how much stuff we need and like the process to get what we need to be a good team is just going to be longer. And it's like we know what we need to do. Draft isn't going to do it all for us. Get started right with the draft, and then the rest of the off season, make the right moves, get the players we need. But like I said, just use the draft as kind of like the start. Of the re of like the rebuild for this year, yeah. Because if we don't do it right, then we're just gonna basically it's just gonna be pushed off to next year. And if we don't do it right next year, it's gonna be pushed off. And that's kind of like the been the story so far. It's like we if we haven't had the best drafts, and then it just like it just adds on to like what we need to do, and it just kind of prolongs the time period of when we're actually gonna be a contending team. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of time to make the rebuild happen. I know we're impatient as Lions fans. We've had how many 50, 50 years since we've basically been a, t- a, good team. a very, very good football team back when it was not even the NFL at this point. Um, I mean, maybe you can mention it back to the, the to our last playoff game, but we really were kind of a kind of a sneaky sneaky badger type of team. Not really yeah, the, the not best. Re- we kind of snuck out a win against Dallas, but anyway. There's plenty of upside in this draft. Lots of lots of ways we can go. There's really no ways we can really screw this up unless you take a tight end and a running back first and second rounds. Then that's stupid and we should. But I really I really do believe Brad Holmes is a very good player evaluator. We've seen it. I mean, he's the guy. He was one of the guys that was in the scouting department that really was high on Aaron Donald. And we know how that turned out. He was in fantastic, yeah, fantastic pickup. An undersized defensive defensive end from Washington. Yeah, that guy's not very good. And then they ended up picking him. And then look where he is now. That's the one thing about undersized like defensive ends and defensive players. Like you know that like they're so technically sound. Yeah, I I okay. I will say I do. I don't want us to take a, a defensive lineman in the first two rounds. Maybe after that, because obviously you can use some depth for injuries or whatever. But I think we have some pretty good pieces on the defensive line, though, too. I mean, we have the Okora brothers. We have tra- we have Trey Flowers for now. And we also just got the trade from Michael Brockers. And we have Nick Williams, and we have Jay Sean Cornell so, and John Penasini. We have plenty of players that can play on the defensive line. So I don't think that's as much of an immediate need as much as maybe, like, linebackers where we cut some of ours so we might need some help there but i think yeah. there's there's plenty of and we also got alec or alex Anzalone from um from the saints actually we stole we stole a player from the saints with aaron glenn so we also might have another different starting linebacker but anyway nice. we have a lot of needs a lot of different directions we can go hard to screw it up yet again it's 10 o'clock a.m on april april 8th i say that now when we hear the draft and I come back in a month from now and say we screwed up. Oh, it, you know, it just happened. I don't know. I it, mean, it's inevitable. We're, basically. In a, we're in a better situation than probably like the Bears, where they're kind of they're kind of screwed in their spot. So yeah, you no, know they should go get a quarterback, but they're not gonna. So yeah. Anyway, moving on now to the end of the show. Masters coming up, Joe. I know you're Yay. stoked. It's actually starting right now as we're recording, looking at some of the scores. There's, almost everybody is going right now. Except for, I mean, like, 
Most of the most of the morning crew. Yeah, most of the morning crew is almost over with. But you, we have like two a two p.m. tea times, like noon tea tea times. So, so got a while to go, but. Nonetheless, very happy that it's going. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to be tuning into this. Yeah, it looks to be pretty nice weather down there. Um, it looking like it's going to be pretty good conditions, pretty solid. I think it's going to be really interesting that we have a lot of these different groups. I know one of them that you mentioned, I believe, had Dust, or, uh, Dustin Johnson playing with an amateur. Well, that boy, that guy's got to step up real, real quick. I mean, especially with Dustin Johnson. Yeah, got to play, got to play good, buddy. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna have a little bit of pressure, but um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good cards on there. I know one of our, um, one of them that you told me about, Joe, was um, I believe Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, and there was another name I'm yeah, blanking on right quick. now, but that quick. sounded like a stacked card. I mean, everyone's gonna be watching. Bryson DeChambeau absolutely ripped 400 yard drives because yeah. why not? Another but. good one is Jason. Uh, they're they're actually going right now. Group nine is Matthew Wolf, Jason Day, and Cameron Champ. That's a pretty oh, that's solid a good one. Go. Yeah. Bubba Watson was the fourth. Was oh the third. yes, Bubba Watson, the lefty. He's also yeah. wearing Jordan golf shoes. I found out the other day. Yeah. With Those a pink driver. Oh yeah, clean pink driver, yellow ball, green Jordans. That's Bubba Watson right there. <laughs> That's what him a in a nutshell. Match of like every like of every color you can get. Would you rather have that though, or Ricky Fowler wearing jumpsuit jumpsuit orange? Honestly, Ricky Fowler wearing jumpsuit orange. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. When that's I was a kid, for me though, he was my at. favorite golfer just because I like. Okay, for that's the reason I like the all orange and stuff. But I want to see Rick, is Ricky even in the player field for this? I think he is. I'm like 95% certain. I'll, like, I'll double check that. But I, 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 like this um, I believe we got Swafford and Kim currently leading the leaderboard here at 10.03 and two under par right now. I, and one, Swafford's through nine and Kim's through three. So, I mean, this course is looking really interesting. Yeah. Um, Ricky Fowler missed the, I think he missed the cut missed to make it. it. Or he How or he, he opted it? out or something. I don't know. Goodness but, gracious, yeah. man! He will not be participating in this Masters. But wow, that's gonna be weird. Like that's yeah. really weird. Yeah, I don't know. That's gonna be interesting. But it's it's gonna be a very interesting tournament. I mean, obviously, there's gonna have fans, not as many fans, but it's gonna there be. There was still a lot. Did you watch the? Uh, I know I I was kind of watching it before we went on air, but it was like the uh, Lee. Or it was Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and then Lee Elder mm-hmm. all teed off for like the for like the ceremonial first like tee off or mm-hmm. whatever for like the practice round. It looked, that was that was pretty awesome. Like that was, was that was, was super, sick. Yeah, it was super cool. I think having Lee Elder there was a really it was a really cool choice, and I think that was really cool. I think it'll be like it wasn't the same like when you had initial initial tee off. It's you can tell like. There's obviously an absence of what normally is fans, but there's still fans yeah. there, which is good. There wasn't fans like lining the fairway like there usually is. Right, right. There's like a lot of them near. I think we'll see like, boxes and I think greens. like yeah. when you tune in, you'll see like a lot more people like folk. Like there definitely won't be a lot. There'll be a there'll be a concentration of people by tee boxes and greens, but it's going to be nothing like it usually is. There's going to be maybe. I'd say probably like twenty percent, thirty percent as usual because they only let in of only a, only a few. Because I think to get into the master or to get the ticket to go to the master, you had to get COVID tested, test negative, and I don't know. Did you have to take the vaccine? I I don't know the answer to that. I'm assuming that it's probably you're gonna have to definitely get screened, but I don't think exactly. I don't think I I don't think they actually had to get vaccinated. Let me see this I don't business. think so, but. I think that it'll, it'll be very... I don't know how they would have handled that. They would have had to get so many people. Dude, that would have been um, crazy. So there's a lottery. So like you get the ticket, but you definitely had to get tested. Yeah, that's You have to be wear given. a mask all the time, I think. And then, yeah, I don't think you have to get tested. I can't really see. There's nothing like that sticks out that says you have to get texted, tested uh, to make it, but... I don't know. I'm excited because that's the one thing though is because like we had the Masters last year in a different time, and I think it's the first time where it wasn't at. Was it at Augusta last year? The Masters. Well, didn't it get postponed? Yeah, it got postponed for like five months ago. Was when they was when the last Masters was. Right, that's that, when Dustin Johnson won it. Yeah, exactly. So and I. Then, I know. I think they're. I think they are back at Augusta. I think. I think so. Anyway. Yeah, okay, so Augusta. I didn't know if they changed it because I know that like that was like the talk of it was if they were going to switch, like if it was going to be the first time where it's not at Augusta. 
Yeah, that would have. That, I I think you can't do the Masters without putting it at Augusta. Yeah. That's too connected. But I mean, Dustin Johnson. Speaking of him, he should be the favorite going into this. I mean, he's the former champion. He's, he's been, been playing pretty solid too. Yeah, pretty been, solid golf. He's been playing lights out. Justin Thomas. He doesn't play for a while though. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's still up. I think if you had like, you would have like levels. As, he doesn't play till ten. He should be. He should be a favorite. I think in my mind, but I yeah. mean, they're like. I mean, you could even throw Jordan Spieth maybe in there. He finally won his first. <laughs> first tournament in how long it seems like sometimes he even missed the cut like it was just crazy but I mean he won the Valero Texas Open last weekend so I mean he should definitely be considered to be up there as far as playing yeah. he's probably he's the hot candidate going into this one that's what he should he's the UCLA he's the UC, yeah. he's the UCLA in the March Madness but you got John Rahm Patrick Reed Justin Thomas that are all, they're always going to be very good contenders up there you brought up Rory McIlroy He's due for one. I think. I think he that's is. A, it's been a while. One. It's been a while. He last time or his best finish ever at the Masters was fourth. Yeah, and it wasn't that, that was in 2015. But like, he hasn't really won a major since like he hasn't won a green jacket. No, he's never won a green jacket. Hasn't won a major for like, I think it was like close to I want to say 14 years, but I feel like that's way too much. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's how long it was. Yeah, it's been a long time since Rory's won won a championship. It just feels like it's been really long, but it'll be really interesting to see how all these all these players are going to be able to play, especially with all the circumstances. Who's going to adjust well? I mean, we always talk about that, but it's it's a hard thing to adjust to. Last time was 2014 that he won a major. Whoa. He is due for that's the definition of due for one. Yeah. This wasn't he he was a Masters contender like yeah, Eight, in, well, in, 20, in 2014, that's when, like, he was... Yeah. Or 2015, sorry, was, like, when he placed fourth. Mm-hmm. And I think that year... Let me look that up again. I don't know who won it that year. I mean, he was... Yeah, I mean, I think there's been positions where he's been in the final card for the... I wouldn't say final card, but he's been in the... Jordan Spieth was that year. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the last time he, he really won a, a major, major tournament since until like last weekend yeah he'd won a couple but i mean they weren't like big big ones but i mean it'll be really interesting i'm really excited i know joe you are i'll be watching some golf this weekend and if you are don't tune into espn there's going to be so much coverage there's going to be featured groups it's going to be featured holes featured tee boxes out of the whole nine yards and you'd mm-hmm. have to you would have to buy espn plus to get all of that so i'm i mean if you're, i got espn plus yeah i know joe does um i do not but i'm i'm you looking, my login Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You I might wanna... give it to you. I won't put it out on the air so everybody logs into it. But... Okay. Here, tell me, tell me in secret. Okay. I'm just kidding. What's the email. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But... What is the username? I'm not going to say the username. Oh, come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much for all the support. Don't forget to follow us on, M- on the MVSP at Instagram and Twitter, Twitter. and all nine of our p- podcast platforms. Yes, Are you going to list them? No, I don't want to list them. I'm All honestly right. kind of too tired. many times. Go back to go back to other episodes. If okay, fine, I'll do it. Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, uh, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, Google has a podcast platform. I didn't if know you that. didn't know that, they do. It's actually pretty cool. And there's a couple other ones. Of course, we thank our friends at Anchor for making this possible. And Bulldog Radio as well. You should check them out. But until next time, guys, we will see you later. Take care, everybody.